I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have three other hunks on the line, and we've got we've got what I would consider a full hass on this. Full hass here. We got a full hass tonight. The screen is lit up with many, many faces. So we have multiple guests this evening. We are super excited to dig into this one. And really find out what's on tap. Oh, good, good. oh very nicely done there, Mr. You like Reed. that? You like that? But before we get to the <laughs> to the tap, we have three other hunks. First of which is Mr. He's looking very Amish tonight. Mr. Tom Venata. You know. What's going uh, on with his beard? Yeah. What do you I don't know why it's it, like a big deal you know, tonight? It, I've it, had it, a beard. It's before. a welder. That, nah, that's the welder. That's like a welder goatee. Really? I was yeah. going to say, he's going to struggle to get a full bull cut for the Amish look. Yeah. I did meet a legitimate Amish dude, like a fisherman. It was interesting in Ashtabula. But no, not Amish. Didn't convert. Was, he eating, he, was, a mu- was he eating a musky raw? Yeah, just like a popsicle. <laughs> Holding it by the tail, just gnawing away on it. Two thirty inches a day over here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mm. He was actually oh, complaining man. about how he got in trouble for drinking too much with his wife, so he can't drink for a while. But other story. This is legit. We we need to bring this one back up at some yeah. point. But we also have on the line tonight, Mister Nick Feesler. Good evening. Good evening. You're you're also broadcasting from wherever the heck. Yeah, what a spaceship, <laughs> the a UFO, room. the purple yeah. room. The he's, in a, he's still in P Diddy's uh P Diddy's studio. Yep, I got <laughs> Luris is back to work, so I got banished from her office. Uh, I understand how that goes. This is the uh, current state of my work from home office. Drywall that needs finished. You better get on that, son. Yeah. I do want to point out that I finally cut my grass today. Ooh. Evan Shaw's post about the uh you know fisherman's yard was a nice reminder for me that it's been a month and a half since I cut my grass. That's precisely yeah, how ours look. Half of it's done, half not. I said halfway, I said, fuck it, I'm going fishing. Yeah. It's like to a T. Oh, I, ha- I wish I could do that. <laughs> I feel like your lawn's probably very well manicured. and It is. I, you have I take kids. Care of the, I, have the, I take care of my stripe show. Owen probably gets a letter from the HOA if it's like a quarter inch out of <laughs> compliance. You have no, six no, no, no. I don't live in an HOA hands. type of an area, and I and I don't hire anyone to do my yard either. My, uh, I do it myself. And my wife does all the you know does all the flowers and stuff. So yeah, it, we we do take care of it. Allegedly, we also have on the phone tonight, Mister Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Welcome to be here tonight, here guys. Looking forward to this one. <laughs> Oh yeah, new shirt. So, yeah. New shirt. Are we going to talk yeah. about these shirts at some point? Oh yeah. So yeah. So the new shirts uh, have have just dropped here today, and uh, they I am very pleased with them. So they got basically the two colors: got uh, the black and then uh, like the heather military green, and uh, they're 
those ones are really cool. They're a little bit lighter green than I was hoping. I was hoping for more of like a darker military green, but they're they're awesome. So uh, I'll put some pictures up on Instagram, and if anyone wants any, let me know. Uh, we'll get. I got hats too that I've put up there. People have ordered. I got to get shit sent out. So I'm only. I'm not only real good with the post office. Only available by boat on Canada to Lake. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to pull up. Swim. Reach up. off to my pontoon boat yeah. and, and hand them to you. Wait till Weens on the Water expands the Dota. Weens on the Water? What's that? Wiener, have, you, have you seen that? That was oh, Kayla's awesome. idea like four years ago. Just throwing that out there. I'm sure it was. It's like yeah. 95% oh, of the population. That's a, what is that? That's uh, Kanya. Right? Chautauqua. Oh, really? Chautauqua. I think has, there's a, they're a pizza expanding. delivery boat on Kanya. They've expanded to Pittsburgh because they have a service on the river now. Really? Wieners on the oh. water, baby. Okay. That's, we saw that's the bum boat in, Ash, in Ashtabula. It's called the bum boat, like a gateway clipper style boat that doesn't run, just tied off on the side of the river that you can pull up to and get drinks and food. And it's pretty ghetto, but pretty cool. Dan Ashtabula. Dan Ashtabula, yeah. We gotta get we got we got three guests on the line. Yeah. I'm kicking this <laughs> over to Ellen. <laughs> They're like, Otherwise, where are these places? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. So- so this no, is a we we wanted to we wanted to extend an invite to uh, some some newer members to the podcast world, and I'll say this because I you know we started this podcast uh, I don't know what maybe a year and a half ago and and you know we were by by no means the first you know we were following a long line of podcasts that had started but you know when we first started ours you know I kind of felt like no one you know no one asked us to come on and talk about our podcast or anything like that. But, and uh, so I, I've really enjoyed listening to these guys podcasts. So I I guess I should introduce them first. And that is, is it Mante or Manti? Yeah. Manti. You got it. Manti. Manti. Okay. So Max Manti and Gus and Gus Manti. And then Brian Eckle, who are the three hosts of the Muskies on tap podcast. So welcome, boys! All three of uh, all three of you have uh, taken the time out of your your night to to join us here tonight. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for having. Thanks us for on. having us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I'm I'm fired up. So let me first say, like, what got what what's what made you guys say let's let's make let's start a podcast? I think Max can take that one away. He's he's the one that was itching to do it and <laughs> just kind of dragged Brian along, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we would always just kind of shoot the shit after long weekends of fishing and, you know, Gus was getting into his guiding career. So we figured what better way to kind of just, you know, recap these weekends. We we always talk like we'd be on the phone on the way home or whatever. It's like, man, if we just had a mic recorded this, you know, maybe some people would be interested because we just, you know, we'd always try weird shit. We'd fail a bunch, you know, every once in a while we do something cool like you know it'd be it'd be nice like on these long car at homes to listen to this stuff you know so figured why not just give it a try and i don't know we're on episode what goes 10 so 10 yeah i think 10 still, 10 tomorrow still in its inception but uh i've really enjoyed doing it it's been a blast that's awesome so for our listeners you guys are uh, for um, i don't want to say i you know it's hard so hard for us to gauge where our listeners are from i mean you look at the the metrics and you know, we definitely have listeners from outside our local area, but I would say the Western Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio area is kind of our main 
listener base. Mm-hmm. You for for our listeners, you guys are based out of Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, are you all North Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin, or where are are you guys all in the same place, or what? What's your deals? So I'm right now in Eagle River, Wisconsin. That's Northern Wisconsin, and I was that's like musky just, country. So you're, right. you're guiding, right? Yep, correct. And then as for all three of us, we were actually born and raised in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is really close to Green Bay. And Brian, you still live in Green Bay. And then Max is in Minneapolis right now. Unfortunately, yes. So Max, you had mentioned before we got started that you are a member of the bar, but you're not practicing. What do you do out in Minneapolis? Yeah, so I'm in in my uh, spare time outside of muskie fishing. I'm I'm working in commercial real estate. and uh been doing that for a few years now so you get to uh, write all the fine print yeah pretty much <laughs> it's, it's kind of a nice change of pace um but yeah i mean every every opportunity i really get i'm up in up in northern wisconsin and two kind of funny so we we all grew up in appleton like gus said but we actually grew up in the same neighborhood obviously gus and i's brothers grew up in the same house but brian grew up just like right across the street from us so we grew up playing you know, basketball in the backyard. We had our own little golf course out. We'd fish golf course ponds that were local to the area. So yeah, we've, we've kind of been tied at the hip for a long time and, and I'm a little bit older than these guys. So it's nice. He's, they, you know, they keep me young, which is good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I know how you feel. I, I'm, uh, these guys keep me young. He's like right? 70. Let me just tell you how hard that is. That is a, that is a freaking task to keep him young. <laughs> it is. It is. You look pretty good it for is. 70. Uh, I, I know i know it's that new Mike, shirt it is. he's riding high from uh what for a third place bocce tournament finish nice. yeah you know i was a little awesome. little disappointed in that bocce finish but again you know i don't want to get into the details because i don't want to go throwing my dad under the bus or anything like that oh, so big rich again, come on man big rich it's threw right. one away. he doesn't li- he doesn't listen to this podcast he doesn't have time for that bullshit mm-hmm. he's just building airplanes in the backyard yeah. <laughs> just saving the world jesus He's so important. Anyways, so <laughs> so you guys have gotten started. You're on episode 10 now. Like, did you guys decide, okay, we're going to do this from, the, uh, okay, let me back up. When we started this podcast, we kind of said, we're going to take a particular approach. We're, we're not going to try to be experts. We're not going to, you know, we are the everyday guys. We don't fish every day. We're not guides. We're not any of those things. Like that was kind of the angle that we wanted to approach this from that. We said, Hey, we can do something different than the uh, podcasts that are already out there. And that was kind of what we thought you know, maybe kind of separated us from the podcasts that were already being offered on the market for, for you guys. What do you guys think that you guys are bringing to the table? Because I've listened to, I think pretty much every one of your podcasts and I can tell you what, you know, what I think of, uh, you know, what you guys have brought to the table, but I'd like to see kind of how you guys think of yourselves and what you thought you think you're bringing to the table. Um, I can let Gus expand after I'm done because he, you know, he brings more of the knowledge side, I guess, of of the more technical stuff. But I think the one thing that we thought when we started was we, because we were kind of like you guys, you know, we listened to all the musky podcasts that were out there. And I think the void, you know, if we do fill it, I I don't know how well we do it, but it's kind of like a, a live looking on what's going on on the water that week. You know, like a lot of the podcasts will have guests on and, you know, they'll shoot the shit, tell stories or kind of give some tips and tricks for certain seasons, which is always, I mean, it's awesome. We, we love it. 
but I guess what makes us a little bit different is Gus being on the water pretty much every day, all day. Um, you know, it's a week by week recap of what's going on, what these fish are doing. And so it hopefully is helping people that are listening in, like hearing, you know, okay, you know, literally we'll say a date where on Tuesday, the fish were doing this by Thursday, they were doing this. Here's kind of what we're anticipating for the weekend. So if you're listening to, we purposely drop them on Thursday. So people can kind of listen on that, that Thursday, Friday on their drive up North. Um, and hopefully, you know, help them catch more fish for the weekend or just have something entertaining to listen to in the car ride really. Um, but I, I think that's kind of what we're shooting for. Um, but I, you know, Gus, you had anything to add there? I mean, that's kind of, I think the original thought. Honestly, not really. You just explained that extremely well, <laughs> like throwing it down exactly what we're kind of going for on our podcast. And and like you're saying, Owen, I know you guys just started out of the blue or I can't remember. It's been a while since I listened to your guys' first episode, but we just started out of the blue and, and, and Max is saying like, oh, this can't be too bad. You know, we started in early May. We haven't even started musky fishing yet. And now it's just into full musky season. We're like trying to squeeze these episodes in and, but it's awesome. You know, definitely getting that report out, I think is, is like the key thing that we're going to try and bring to people. That's why mainly our listeners are from, there's actually a good amount from Minneapolis, which I was kind of surprised about, but a lot of them are from like Milwaukee and Chicago, which is like where most of the people that travel to Northern Wisconsin come from. So I think, I mean, that's kind of who we're catering to for the most part. And uh, also just a quick add to like the, the other thing, you know, I, I related to your guys' podcast so well, just because being a weekend warrior myself, like you guys, you know, it's, it's cool to listen to that and relate to that. Um, you know, the one thing with our dynamic is Brian and I, you know, we kind of give the viewpoint of like a weekend warrior and how we like to fish and the things that we actually think about. And then Gus kind of comes in with like the reality of what's actually going on. So it's kind of a nice dynamic where, you know, Brian and I talk about like just wanting to get out there, hit, you know, a, a one, a one, a one spot after spot, burn bucktails, throw top waters, do that stuff where Gus yeah, is like, no, Gus, here, Gus, Gus tells you to, you're all wrong. Yeah. yeah like this is what we actually should be weeds, doing. Which, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, that's, I can tell you, I know Tom has listened to a bunch of the podcasts. Um, I know Ryan's listened to some, I don't know if Nick has, I assume he probably has cause he's a big podcast guy, but uh, I like, I mean, you guys, a of, a or number are young, you know, you're new, new blood in, in the sense that you guys are not kind of uh, just old guys trying to fill a void. You know, you're, you're, you're young and you, what I like about the aspect that you're bringing is, you know, you, you do have a multiple kind of faceted, you have two, two guys that are weekend warriors and then Gus that it's Gus, right? I, I keep getting you two mixed yes. up. Yes, you're you're the guide, right? All right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have that that whole aspect to it. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm fascinated by this whole PMTT thing. You know, listening to you guys kind of work your way through that because, you know, we as weekend warriors, that's kind of like a dream come true to be like, oh, like, man, we're going to go fish the PMTT this year. Like, holy shit, that would be like the biggest freaking deal to any of us on earth, you know, and to hear you guys doing it and not only doing it, but like, you guys it. Have what, three, three top fives or something like that? 
uh, three top tens in our last three PMTTs, and I think the you know the one from last year was our first ever. So so far, so far, so good. Not too bad, yeah. <laughs> I I like yeah. what I, I wanted to say this too because I I started listening to you guys this week, and I honestly like you had mentioned Max, like we all listen to Musky podcasts, like. One of the things that you said in the first episode was like, hopefully this is not, you know, another, it's not, there's room for another musky podcast, right? Like, dude, there's always room for musky podcasts. Like there's, for those of us that drive, like for, I drive an hour and a half to work one way every day. So can never have too many musky podcasts in my opinion, but what I really am digging about the on tap podcast and what you guys are doing there is just the real, like the realness of musky fishing, right? Like, yeah, it's very cool to hear, you know, not only like the successes, but the struggle part of it, you know, because you guys know, like you look at social media, like guys aren't posting, they're not posting pictures on the days where they're struggle bussing. <laughs> you occasionally get that sunset photo, but you know, like the realness of, struggling on home waters like where, where you guys were talking about being on the chain there you know that's that's the kind of stuff i really i enjoy and it's you know it's just part of everyday life as a musky fisherman you know there's probably more failures and successes so that's very cool i think you guys are doing a great job with that aspect of it appreciate yeah, that thank you yeah and like you know with brian and max being the weekend warriors and then myself being a guy i mean i'm young uh, I just got into this guide thing. I mean, this is like the first summer that I'm kind of really doing it and trying to like pursue this passion. Last year, I was able to get, I think about a dozen trips is kind of my first year. But I mean, that's another thing with the, our podcast is even though it's the two weekenders and myself, like we're just going to talk about the struggles. Like I know I'm still going to struggle a lot. And I know I would assume most guides out there struggle and like you're saying ryan like they don't post about that stuff so that's another real thing that we're going to try and bring like we're going to talk about those days that that just absolutely kicked our ass and we're going to say why uh say what we're doing maybe say what we're should have been doing you know all that good stuff but that's kind of what we're striving for i feel like that's a big thing too that like people when they're like first getting into it and just looking at social media they're looking at like all the hero shots and stuff. And, you know, I mean, yeah. realistically, uh, seeing fish follow is a, a successful date when you're out there really, you know, most days. So, yeah. I mean, for example, today didn't visually see one, but I think it marked like eight, you know, and most of them were very close to the boat. I did some trolling and I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever messed around with it, but with, with live scope, you can point it back and look at your lures while you're trolling. And I think three times I ran over a muskie's head and they like spooked from the lures. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to follow yeah. them and eat them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wine drug over their head. Oh yeah. Oh, I think there was like two times I can count where I marked them on side, saw them on live scope, watched the rod like move. And I'm pretty sure the lure like hit the fish. Yeah. Nothing like it didn't try to just eat the, it. Just like the bill caught on them. Yeah. Now, over. for someone who has never used live scope like myself, like when you're, tr are you trolling and you're looking on your side imaging and also running that, running the live scope behind you to, to watch the, the baits running behind you? 
Yes. So I got a setup in, so I run a tiller boat and that back console, I have one 10 inch screen, which I run my mapping 2d, uh, and side image. And then we have that ice fishing bundle for live scope, which is just like, it's a separate entity running on its own battery, set that up right next to it and then put it on like a, a mount on the transducer pole. And then just have that look at, so it's, you know, its own transducer looking back at the baits and then obviously the transom transducer with the, uh, you know, side image and all. So that's and, how I'm looking at like both at the same time with two screens. Does that have like a little, like kind of like tripod adjustment arm so you can point it around whichever mm -hmm. way you want to? Yep, okay. totally. Yeah. That's kind of like the whole idea with the ice fishing bundle. Like we do a bunch of ice fishing and then in the summer we can just like put this wherever we want on the boat where some people are you know they got it mounted on their trolling motor and i feel like that just restricts like where you can point it because if you just have the trolling motor facing forward and you're kind of running up upwind on a spot like all you can look at is forward so i just felt like you know having that adjustable arm is like you know awesome to have Wait, isn't we'll, that what Donnie? I think that's what Donnie, yeah, Donnie has. Got. Donnie and Kellen the each ice, have one. Yeah, they both. I think they got the ice fishing bundle, and I, I, I don't know. I don't even know how it sets pieces. up. Yeah, his is yeah. still in pieces on the floor somewhere. Yeah, he's he still, still needs. To... He still needs a couple pieces. Uh, that's what <laughs> I happens. I don't think he has the the arm, like the mounting pole or whatever you want to call it. But uh, is so I know last year there was like controversy with the PMTT and live scope did they get yeah. that resolved Wah. this year yeah a lot of wins <laughs> going on we were so that was actually our first pmtt ever and max and i were fishing you know some of our favorite spots in that first morning of saturday and, you know on the pmtt like randomly they'll just post on facebook like an update on saturday at like 11 a.m and it's always like oh bite's been hot whatever whatever and post pictures and it's like one team got a big one, one team doubled, and then one team got even more. And you see like this one guy's face and they're in like five of the pictures. And we're like, oh my God, everyone is catching <laughs> so many. And we're sitting here and we like lost two and we weren't moving that many and like down super bad after that first day. And then we, and then we find out, you know, shortly after that, those guys caught, I think like six on day one or, or eight, I think eight. Yeah, so it was something outrageous. Day. And it was what, like 11 fish total caught or something, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it was it like, eight, like Yeah, it was like eight the first day and three the second day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they tied, tied the record of like most fish in a day, and which is just wild. And, and we found out later that it was by the hands of many a live scope. Uh, nobody can, <laughs> nobody can confirm the amount on the boat, but... I can tell you what we were running one and they were running a lot more, <laughs> a lot more than that. Shit looked like a mall <laughs> cop room. Yeah, I don't even know what it, you know, you, you see the, yeah, I don't even, I don't know how much I should probably talk about it, but, <laughs> but they did in the PM. Nobody listens to this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, so all the now I'm just listen. No, I'm, I'm just envisioning the, uh, what, what's the, it's like is it the third matrix movie where he just like goes in to see the the guy that's just got like everything in the world going on in tv screens and like a little dumb oh my god i see everything yeah so that was the second 
so the PMTT always runs three legs each year, like three tournaments and then their championship. So last year at Eagle River, three legs was the second. And because of like what happened basically at that tournament last year, between then and Leech Lake, I think it was in August was, was the next one. They banned live scope to be used during the tournament hours. <laughs> and mm said people did not show up to the next tournament so (laughs) i i will say though like that specific tournament everything kind of aligns so well for like the live scope to be a really good tool because the way the chain sets up i mean most of the time like your best spots are i mean it's a stained flowage system right i mean like there's always going to be fish obviously out in the open water but typically fish are concentrated on that body of water in and around weeds. And, you know, we've been running this live scope for, you know, a little, I don't know, a little over a year. We almost never use it when we're casting because it's just pointless. I mean, if you're fishing in four and a half, five feet of water, it does you really no good. Um, But that specific weekend, it just so happened where there was a massive bug hatch that took place like during that week and all the fish pushed off the weeds into the open water, which is, what we found out day two after not catching a single fish day one, we were like, we got to pivot and do something different. Um, we can kind of touch on that later, but it's like, you know, it, it just all aligned really well. You know, they still had to find those fish. They still had to put the right bait in front of them. I mean, as we've seen, like you can find fish in open water at the live scope, but getting them to bite is freaking tough. I mean, it just is. So, you know, it, it worked out like, props to those guys they still put hooks in fish's mouth and that's not always easy so um you know it was just one of those weird things where it just it it happened at the perfect timing and then of course they you know if they would have caught probably five fish and still one no one would have said a thing they just happened to pile up 11 freaking fish and next thing (laughs) you know you got 200 comments on the pmtt video just bashing these guys almost felt bad for them i mean granted they walked away with a twenty five thousand dollar check so yeah. Life's not all bad, but yeah, it, we got it, weights and fish. We got weight. I mean, it <laughs> had that energy. Almost. It had that energy when we were at the at the um oh man, kind of the award ceremony. It, it definitely had that energy. It was it was pretty funny. And granted, that was our first time fishing it, so we didn't really like know people. You're like, like, boy, this is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it always this like quiet? This is the new guy. <laughs> Everybody always hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> So what made you guys say, all right, we're going to throw our hat in the ring and, and we're going to do PMTT. Um, I don't know, Max, why do you, I mean, I know we already did like a couple tournaments, like just the local ones here. And we've always heard of the PMTT and saw and seen the results from them and, and see like where they go and, and the whole trail aspect and everything. And we just knew that they always came back, which they don't anymore, which is a bummer to our home waters, the Eagle River and Three Lakes chain. So we're like, let's just try it. You know, I think that weekend was open. I I can't remember if we wanted to do it two years ago or not, and we just couldn't, or it was just last year that we're just like, screw it. Let's just try it. See what happens. I mean, what could go wrong? But um, I mean, I know for me, it was like at the time, Gus, I think you were thinking about going into guiding full-time so I think there was an angle there with just like getting your name out a little bit more if we were to do you know okay in a few of the tournaments I feel like that always it doesn't hurt your guiding business but I think for us too there was 
definitely like a competitiveness thing that we needed to fill. I mean, we grew up playing sports. Um, you know, I played competitive golf all my life through college, played hockey Uh-oh. all my life. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Still right. com- we got another competitive golfer on the podcast. Yeah, all three go. of us. All Ooh. three of us. Uh, big, that, was a prior, that was a prior life of mine. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll have to definitely yeah. chop it up about that after maybe we sign off. But yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things where like it kind of filled that competitive void. And then like Gus said, I mean, I think we were just like, Hey, we're on our home water here for this tournament. Let's try to compete with the best and we'll probably get our ass kicked, but might as well give it a shot. And then once we caught that first fish, like the adrenaline rush, I mean, it was a 31 inch, like a literally a fish. I'd probably sh- damn near shake off, shake off on yeah. every other day. And we were like, freaking hugging high-fiving going nuts in the boat we're like we just caught a fish in the pmtt and then you know we realized quickly that we kind of got onto a pile of fish we're like holy shit we could do some damage here and when um our second fish hit the bag which was a 46 incher and it was the biggest fish of the tournament i don't think i've felt that excited like that excited not only catching a fish but maybe like i mean i'm gonna sound really dumb here but like it was probably the most excited I've been in a competitive sporting event, like in my life. I, I couldn't even. No, that's not dumb at all. The adrenaline no. rush was like a total hook. And we're like, yep, we're doing every single one of these. That, that was also age. your PB, wasn't it? Yeah. At the time, it was my biggest. <laughs> that's fit. wild. And uh, the story on that's kind of funny. So we were trolling uh day two because we we found out about this bug hatch kind of late in the game and we're like it's actually before before you get started there that's yeah, actually on my list of, of questions do you guys troll or cast mainly when you're in these tournaments cast mostly. um pretty much cast mainly i mean it was only just that bug hatch uh happening here on the eagle river chain that like made us would you know want to do that because we feel felt like we had the upper hand of knowing the spots a little bit better than other people. But other than that, no, we, we just mainly cast. And excuse so, my ignorance, but what are the rules for trolling uh, in the PMTT? That's a good question. Rod. Yeah. It's one rod per person. Okay. So only two. That makes fair. That makes sense. We found out at Madison where you could troll three per person in pre-fishing that that doesn't matter. Like even if you're at a place where you're allowed to troll three per person, you can only troll one. So that was a good clarification. I didn't realize that until last tournament as well. So, okay, cool. So, sorry to interrupt there. No, you're good. And it, it's a good question because last year at the time, like we almost never trolled ever. And there's no better example of that than our our setup we were using. So, I, I think Gus oh, could probably yeah. touch on that. But the reel we were using to troll was like ancient. It's the old school Abu Garcia six no. 6,500 round reel uh-huh. with the clicker. I think it ain't broke. Don't fix it. You know, right. Yeah. I know. I still run it and it's dad caught a lot of fish 20 some years ago. I want to say clicker still works. Drag. Yeah. Like so refrigerators. They're just, they last a year now. And back then they lasted like 40 forever. Great grandpa's yeah. Abu Garcia. I don't I think it's three of those reels sitting right. in front. Uh-huh. It's never been serviced. So, so we're we're trolling and we we're we go we go over this we go over this fish that we marked on side imaging and just showed up like huge right out right like right underneath the boat and so we're both like that there's one we turn back right as we think as the lure is going to go over the head of the fish and we realize that the the lure had actually blown out of the water 
were like, no way. So I quickly reel up the, uh, we were just trolling like six inch baby depth raiders. I reel it up. And again, you know, I'm using this old RB Garcia, the drags loose. Uh, I got the big trolling leader on and I just huck it out in the kind of the general vicinity of where we had marked that fish and few pulls after the fish hits. And I didn't remember to tighten the drag or anything of that nature. And so just luckily enough, my thumb happened to be on the spool. And when that fish hit, my thumb actually slid up into kind of like the top of the reel and it locked, it locked in the drag with my thumb. And so my thumb got, gets caught up in the reel as I set the fish and right away we knew it was a really big fish. Um, And as I realized that there was no drag anymore, I, I go to try to spin the drag tight and it just starts spinning. So the, like, I don't know what happened, but the drag just didn't work. And so the whole fight was free spooled. It probably took, I don't know, six or seven minutes. It made a bunch of different runs. Um, it finally hits the bag. The, the trolling leader is so long. I'm like in the back left of the boat. Gus nets it on the front, right? And he's like screaming to me. It's blowing like 35 mile an hour wind that day. And he's like screaming, it's in, it's in. Cause I had no <laughs> idea where the fish was. Just, You're so far away from you know, asking, like, is it in? Is it in? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, what's that one movie? Um, with McLovin when he's <laughs> super bad. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so we start going absolutely crazy. Um, you know, obviously knew it was a big fish. And as I go to release that fish, I it was, like I said, it was so windy that day. We're in like two, three foot rollers and I'm trying to turn the fish's head up wind and my thumb gets caught in its mouth and he turns the other way and completely unzips my thumb. Oh, and fuck. so ended up having to get six stitches in my thumb. But when, when I pull my thumb out of the thing, adrenaline was so high. Gus just looks at me. He's like, we got to keep fishing, dude. We just got two fish. <laughs> Suck it like, up, buttercup. Up. Like oh, we're in this thing. And I'm like, you know, probably light blue in the face like losing blood by the second oh yeah and uh luckily he had like a pretty shoddy first aid kit on the boat that we just <laughs> i mangled out i'll send you guys a picture of it it was ridiculous i had like a mickey mouse thumb like just, oh dude like, that gives me it's all that about gives super me glue. The, that gives me the like the absolute shivers because i had a new year's eve uh mandolin experience Mm. that landed me in the ER with basically half of a thumb lopped off that I can still see. I can, I still have like, it just grew back. I mean, Oh, so if you ever want Owen's homemade potato chips, yeah, get Hibachi night ended ended real fucking quick. I can't can't even, there was blood, dude, there was blood like everywhere in the veggies. Cause I was like, Oh dude, it was foul. See, oh, I can't even hear you talk about that. I immediately oh, get like Vietnam I know. flashbacks. Dude, so, like, I'm serious. I... Like, and, like I start to I start to break out in a oh. cold sweat. Yeah, I don't do well with blood either. So like when that when that thing started leaking all over the boat, I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, man, yeah, you got that everywhere. And that was it was all yours too. None of the fishes. Oh man. Gnarly. I'm telling you, I, not every time, but a lot of times you can save the day with some super glue on the on the boat, like get it. Sure can. Oh, yeah. I do need some. I need to get some of that. Would have been nice. At least keep you from bleeding everywhere. Could have poured mm-hmm. some coke on it too. Yeah. Heard that <laughs> <works>. <laughs> 
I had a guy tell me, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like it's worked for me. It was uh it, it was at our musky max actually, this marine dude said they use witch hazel to stop blood clot or it makes blood clot faster, I guess. So if I'm bleeding really bad, I pour a little witch hazel on and it seems like it stops bleeding. Okay, who who has witch hazel in stock? You buy it and like right it for like a dollar. If you have kids, yeah. honestly, I have it. What the heck it is it? Get it for like a dollar with like where isopropyl alcohol is it's, and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like alcohol. It's an astringent. It just it's like yeah, with the peroxide I mean, and shit at Rite Aid. It's it's like a buck. You pour it on like if you're bleeding. If it's not like, I mean, it's not going to stop you bleeding if you lop the hunk of meat off your finger, but. If it's like a just one of those annoying cuts that won't stop bleeding, like you pour a little bit of that on it, and good to right. go. Let me say on your, on in your in your in your in your on boat tackle box, you do not need witch hazel. <laughs> you don't need it. I keep it <laughs> at all. Achiever. You need you need fucking super glue. Let's get back to muskies. <laughs> so you guys were talking about an open or uh, sorry a bug hatch that drove drove you to trolling. Just run me educate me because i like so i fish in canada all the time and i swear a lot of the guys you run into up there like if bugs are hatching they're like we're just gonna go home we're done yeah. <laughs> it's like that here too dude but what's we your logic that. when you start seeing hatching hatches hey brian you want to take this one I know, Brian's I, know the expert. Bug, I know you, you love the bug hatches. There's an easy answer. It'd be to buy eight live scopes. Uh, that should set you up pretty well. <laughs> but no, I'm not I'm not a big fan of bug hatches either. When Max and I fished in the PMCC uh, a couple weeks ago, it was like kind of peak of bug hatch. It was just starting to wind down. Um, and I think because it wasn't, I guess it wasn't necessarily the peak of the bug hatch. So a lot of these fish were like totally displaced. Some of them were out chasing the, you know, the bait fish that were eating the bugs around. Some of them are in the weeds. Um, so I've never been a fan of it. I haven't developed any sort of pattern the few times I've fished a bug hatch. So uh, I think Gus, Gus has had a lot of success at times with it. I think other times it's pissed him off a little bit, but um, a lot. yeah, <laughs> it gets frustrating. Uh, yeah. You can take it away from there. I, I know you had some success like three weeks ago, right? As it was winding down in like three hours of fishing. Oh yeah, that was that was unreal. But um back to just like the bug hatches. I have not really fished that type of bite on like any other waters other than the three lakes and Eagle River chain. And basically with these lakes, like Max was saying, they're like flowages. That's kind of what they are. Lots of weeds, some rock, but like the rest of the basin is just complete mud. And typically that happens like I don't know, there's weeds, they go to like depending on the lake four or six seven feet it drops off into the mud basin at like uh 12 to 20 feet approximately some deeper some shallower and just like the mayflies emerge from the from the uh bottom and it, it usually starts like mid june maybe early june to like really start going and then kind of rolls into pretty much like right now and it, it's it's also the same thing with walleye fishermen it's like oh you see a mayfly it's just like go home no one wants to go just bottom troll crawlers on like the uh the bottom you know that's that's when they say always switch from using like minnows to leeches and worms like that's the whole saying i mean i'm not much of a walleye fisherman but i remember hearing that like 10 15 years ago or something like that back before i even realized what a bug hatch was i know max and i remember back in the day we we're on our dock and we were just seeing this 
musky fishermen just fishing in the middle of the lake and we're like get a load of this guy where's he fishing <laughs> look at and this jag here, off and now here we are marking fish and catching fish in the middle of the lake <laughs> where it's just All like right, well so what are so they doing here again let me show my ignorance what is it about the bug hatch that you're looking for in the sense that are you going towards the bug hatch or are you staying away from the all the shit that the bug hatch is creating? Yes and no. I mean, typically this is like when... Agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, like there's still going to be fish <laughs> at, shallow. But it's just like so prominent out here in the chain that it just draws the majority of the fish out deeper, which, you know, something I'm trying to like key in on is like, fish where the majority of the fish are because i know there's always some deep some shallow some in between but it's like where are the majority of them at and i was always curious about there's an earlier tournament on the chain i think it's like the usually around like the 10th and 11th ish of june and every year it has like pretty poor results and i think it's mainly because a lot of people just only fish shallow and they kind of miss out on like the opportunities to catch like multiple fish. And with this bug hatch, I mean, it's the fish just roam. I mean, when the bugs come up, okay, let me back up on that. So basically there's going to be like areas that the bugs are going to come up more often and then they're going to like be gone. And I know Brian and so Max... Are the do we think the muskies the muskies are not feeding on bugs are the muskies feeding on what's the fish on that the are bugs. feeding on the bugs right correct those are that's going to draw all like the perch pods and walleyes out there i'm not sure about bluegills i think that was like during the time that they're spawning which is kind of why there's somewhat of a mixture of some really shallow fish and then deep fish it seemed like we were having really really bad luck on like weed edge or like mid depth fish it seems that they're extremely shallow or deep over not deep over deep water but typically not deep in the water column i mean we we ran over a couple muskies that were sitting like one to three feet under the surface and like 12 to 15 feet of water just chilling waiting for you know schools of perch to kind of like rise and fall in the water column kind of following these emerging bugs that you know come from the bottom but ultimately hatch on the surface so because i guess Oh, and... a really quick thing, I guess, just to touch on too, because like to answer the question with like kind of what is it and how to see it, it's it's almost comical what it looks like on your 2D, where you'll you know you'll see the transition from like a hard bottom to then the muck where the bugs hatch, and your two your 2D will be completely blank, and you'll you'll kind of roam into these mud basins, and it's like right as the transition happens, your 2D will just light up. To the point where it almost looks like it's malfunctioning. It, like it's just totally covered. Static. Covered. It's yeah, just, we were yeah. seeing that this spring. We had no idea yes. what it was. I was asking I, Tyler what it was. I had the same thing going on in mind. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like the entire thing is covered. And I had never fished my lake that early in the year. So, I mean, I don't know what the what were the water temps back then. 56? 40s, 50s. No, yeah, no, like, no, no. We were like low 50s. Okay, I thought I thought so. Whatever it was, right. you know, at least at one portion of the uh, of the lake, we were having a, a pretty significant bug hatch, and I had never never seen that on the two D. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like it's like your whole is that going to focus in? It did earlier. Yeah. There oh you go. yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. It's like your whole screen just lights up and you're like, what is this? You yeah. know? Yeah. And this picture, for example, is like only bugs. And like, that's what we'll kind of look for as a starting point. And then when you kind of just circle the area, you're going to find like these big balls of bait underneath it, which I assume usually are just like shiners or perch or something Any, like that. Anything I know, that wants to eat bugs. Yeah. And I know there's some like big minnows that aren't exactly panfish in the chain that I pretty sure muskies eat because they eat some of the smallest lures of probably anywhere. Any some somehow uh, we, in the chain. We have we have some bodies of water here where muskies eat notoriously small small baits. Uh, you know, we're talking what what are the extreme four minis? inch the the yeah, three, three and a half B and N four inch minnows. Two mm-hmm. yeah, probably like three four inch baits. Yeah, Max brought up that one like crazy solo adventure I had of open water trolling. Every single fish came on a like number seven shad wrap or number six or something like that. I can't remember the size, just like a tiny little two and a half inch bait. Hmm. And I, I don't know if it was like just the weather that day or if it's like these open water fish just want to key in on those tiny little fish that are eating the bugs or something. I mean, that's what that I, I kind of stumbled on and hopefully it works next year. Cause that's kind of, that's kind of ended here, but that's something I always wonder. Cause it's like, uh, that's something I always notice with like the St. Clair guys. It seems like the late season walleye guys catch more like of those like fat hogs late mm-hmm. on walleye, you know, like uh, or what do you call those? Uh, whatever they are, you know, little like walleye plugs. Uh, oh. Egg sinkers? No, there's still like a, anyway, I'll think of it. Wiggle war kind of thing. Yeah, hot and tot. That's it. Boom. But they, that was in your mind. Yeah, but they get those like enormously huge fat, just fat head to tail. And like w- near me, we have the same thing. Like in that late season, we get gizzard shad that just move in and like they're essentially like a moving wall in the water. It's just like you... When you troll out there, you literally every hook is just fouled with shad. Oh my and, god! And I what's think like what's the size of the shad? Uh, six inches, something like that. But I think that's you know those little I don't know little baits are the way to go in that like overwhelming uh, presence of food. So have you guys noticed with the bug hatch stuff like? I mean, you guys are talking about this, but the one thing I've noticed here is you talk about those bait fish coming up to the surface to eat those bugs. Have you guys noticed, like, when you're out there, like, trolling, you see just, like, all that bait is literally, like, six inches below the surface? Yeah, as soon as that sun sets and the they actually start emerging, you're just going to watch panfish, like, sipping on the surface around you. And I haven't cracked that code when that happens. I have not really successfully found the muskies. Typically that bug hatch is like stellar in the morning and midday, at least from what I've kind of found out. Have you guys tried short lining at all? I'm just curious. Yeah. Kinda. I was going to say the only time I've had success, like during a hatch, like big mayfly hatch up in Canada was short lining at night. And with a headlight, you could look at, you'd see perch as you're like cruising along. 
everywhere. So when you guys are asking about short lining, are you talking like six inches to ten feet of line out maximum? Or yeah. like like yeah, like six leaders. inches down, maybe. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking liters basically. Okay. Depending upon the bait. Not, I mean Yeah, not entirely tried it yet. Typically we run lures in that like middle column to like the upper third. But Max and I with live scope had an absolute crazy happening. We had two lures back. I think one was 30 feet back and the other was 40 feet back. Had the live scope running, looking back at them, just, you know, making sure they're still at the depths, watching for follows. And I don't think we marked this musky on side image at all or, or anything, but I just see it swim up a live scope and it just starts following the engine. It's like 10 feet back. All our lures are 30 to 40 feet back and it's like three feet under the water. I'm like, what's it doing you know i had to quick grab a rod and like reel it up and like bring it up higher and then it started following it and i tried to like give it rips and then it just left and and uh i think we turned around and i tried casting at it too after i set a waypoint followed lazily and then that was the end of that one but you also had that fish a couple of weeks ago we had just like cut the engine flew over to a spot and stopped the boat oh, we were getting God. the trolling rods out and you pitched it 20 feet back and almost immediately you got chomped Oh, not even. I mean, I think I put the boat in gear. No trolling rods were out. I pitched it back maybe 10, 10, 12 feet. I think the line counter said the boat was probably moving between one and a half and two miles an hour. This lure maybe wiggled four times. And I'm just like, I got one, you know, Over I'm trying like to put it in the rod holder. Water. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got one. Like, and then it just thrashed and came off. It just, I don't know if it hit funny or the boat wasn't moving fast enough and the drag was too loose or something like that. But I'm like, you kidding me? Like, should we be using topwaters right now? I mean, maybe. <laughs> topwater trolling. <laughs> oh, I saw that today. There's an old guy row trolling two topwaters. Oh, baby. Sick. Dude, yep. Larry Dahlberg, baby. Larry Dahlberg. I, yeah, right. Yeah, you have. <laughs> well, Nick, Nick, last year on Nipissing, like the one of the only fish sightings we, we saw was you clearing rods, yeah, you know, bringing in bringing in a perch bait and as it's or no no it was a fat body right yeah as as you're about to bring the bait out of the water less than a foot of water yeah here comes a muskie after we'd been trolling for yeah over what 20 feet of water oh yeah at least they're so dumb i just think dude i think with this bug hatches like i mean i've seen it enough here to know it's tough but the fish that I know of that, that we've caught and I've known caught during a bug, like a bug hatch, it's all been super high. Like your mm. baits are, you might have like leader behind a board type deal. And that doesn't matter if it's a perch bait. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a shallow raider. It just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter whatever yeah. you're, as long as it's in that top, like foot of the water column, I feel like you got a better shot. But I was kind of curious what you guys, you know, what, what your thoughts were well, on that. Another thing that happened this year, and it's still actually going on, and I don't know, honestly, I don't really know exactly what happened, if it was like ice off when it was this year, or like weed growth or something, the water clarity in pretty much every single lake that I fished this year has stayed like ultra clear for the longest period of time. I mean, the chain the other day, I could still see like four feet, and by this time, July, you know, six, it should be chocolate milk, six inches 
you know, that's what it should be like getting towards in that late June where you feel like you could get fish higher up, but it stayed clear. I mean, there's this one lake that I know turns to not pea soup, but it's still at like eight, 10 foot clarity right now. Have you guys had like, do you have muscles, muscle problem? I hope not. Cause that would be in a lot of different I mean, that... bodies of water. We're seeing like extended weed growth at, at the moment and some new weeds, potentially new weed introduction possibly i don't know it's been weird I'm i don't have to ask around yeah i mean that. i i don't i don't know i mean that's that's kind of like the, the i've heard telltale of, sign of you know of of muscle infestation is just water clearing up you know mm-hmm. and vegetation going away that had originally been there again i'm no i'm yeah. certainly no certainly that's no a- expert it could be caused by just a you know variability in your precipitation too yeah, if, if you've been dry as opposed to having a lot of runoff. Yeah, it's not rain at all this it year, was, really. It was dry last year, too. A lot of things were low. Yeah. So I don't know if that played a factor. Yeah, it might there. just not be starting that nutrient cycle with the Yeah, I, I don't the know runoff. what else it would be because I know up here they used to have a rusty crayfish problem, which turned like clean and basically you know, took out every single weed in the lake almost. I don't think it's that problem because I'm seeing more weeds out there in the like water and different kinds of there's like a one type of weed out there that i have no idea what the hell it is i've never seen it on the chain before but it's bizarre and i haven't figured out yet if muskies like it so <laughs> is that where the bluegill goes sitting it's not that thin like does it stink <laughs> no it doesn't have that sand grass okay, it's not the kind i'm thinking of then no <laughs> sand grass smells good Smells like, smells like so is the kind I'm thinking of. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smells like something you could pick up in uh, in Minnesota in a few days here, actually. Ooh. Or, Uh-oh. Or the UP. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But uh, no, I forgot where we were going. Hmm. <laughs> you take it wherever you go. Memory know. loss. Smells like Evan's garage. <laughs> smells like Nick knows what kind of weed smells we're talking like about. <laughs> Oh, the rusty crayfish thing. That's like a kind of wild because it's in like all our game, you know, literature here, but we've never really had any like substantial problems. But my understanding is that they like just clip off the weeds like at the base. I think so. And that might have a better understanding than I do. I was just aware that I think there's a problem back in the day looking at like old school maps and talking to people that have been around here forever so i don't know if it's a problem right now it's just that those lakes that had that happen to them they're still affected like this yeah i mean are you are you tied into the great lake system where you are no every there's okay it's kind of like a weird area like some lakes are connected to systems that eventually flow into the flambeau which flow into the chippewa which flows into the mississippi i was gonna say you guys are all mississippi and then those are a little bit west of eagle river and then north of eagle river there's a few that are connected to like the ontonagon which eventually flows actually south to north to lake superior and then typically where we fish it's all systems that are connected to the wisconsin river which also goes to the mississippi eventually but no, you got the Menominee a, that goes into Lake Michigan. Yeah, and then there's a Menominee. It's weird. It's like like right kind of in 
I guess you could say like St. Germain ish area. There's lakes that eventually flow that way, North, South and East, you know, it's right. kind of bizarre. And that's, that's, yeah. I, I'm never quite sure what is, is contained within what's considered the great lakes basin, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that entire waterway, because I know if I've plugged the book before, but there's a great book about the entire great lake system called the death and life of the great lakes uh that basically outlines all the ecological changes that mankind you know just opening up the saint lawrence seaway opening up the erie canal you know opening up all these different seaways and bringing invasive species in and it goes through the entire uh sea lampreys and you know quagga mussels and you name it it's really fascinating because i don't think we really often think about like how did our waterways get to how they are now you know we we have them as they are now we look at them as we you know we fish them and we deal with whatever, you know, weed growth, whatever. But how did they actually get to, you know, how do they become what they are? Now, if you're fishing flowages and in, in reservoirs, obviously that's, you know, it's it's flooded. But, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, I don't know if you guys fish many natural lakes. I assume, I mean, I know there are a bunch of natural, I, I think, again, forgive my ignorance, but I kind of think of northern Wisconsin not unlike what Northwest PA where we are, where it's small kettle lakes, like natural glacial lakes that, um, you know, they're just, they were there and we've had muskies here. Muskies are natural in like this tiny little lake that I fish, you know, here in, in Northwest PA. Is that, is that what you guys have there? Pretty much. It's just peppered with random lakes that have no creeks or inflows and outflows and they got muskies in them. And then there's all the lakes that are, just connected by these little creeks or rivers and they got muskies in them too. I mean, it's just like peppered up here. I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I think for sure over half of the lakes in all of Wisconsin, maybe even more than that are just in this Vilas Oneida County area. I mean, I want to say if I put like an hour drive on the radius of where I'm at right now, I could probably get to multiple hundred musky lakes and rivers and it, it it's it's a blessing and a curse man i'll tell you what we have <laughs> we have the hardest time like brian brian's laughing because him and i like we're the worst because like there'll be lakes we want to fish and there's lakes we hate you know that one of us may like and two of us don't like and there's so many different types of lakes up here which is which is awesome um in theory but it makes it really freaking hard if you're like you got 48 hours to fish over a weekend and you got to figure out, you know, okay, are they going to be going on deeper clear lakes? Are they going to be going on small stain lakes, big stain lakes, river systems? And then just trying to dial it in and and not give up on lakes too quickly because you can literally drive to one lake, <clears throat> fish it for two hours, fish all your favorite spots, nothing happens. You can drive 13 minutes down the road. You know, you could go from a 200-acre stain lake to a 800-acre deep clear body of water, you know, 10 minutes away. And if that's not working, you could pack your shit up and drive another 10 minutes and go to a 3000 acre lake. Um, You know, we've had days where we'll fish three, four different lakes in the same day. And, um, you know, some days it works out, but then the days it doesn't, you kind of look back and you're like, should have just stuck it out. (laughs) Should have just stuck it out. And, 
you know, Save so some it, gas. Yeah, it can yeah. it can really mess with your head a little bit. It's like the I know there's a saying for it that's not coming to mind right now, but it's it's like the embarrassment of riches. I don't know if that's that's the actual line, but it, it really is where there's just so much good stuff that it sometimes almost makes it hard to mm-hmm. figure out what's the best at the time. I mean, our area is like the total polar opposite. I mean, if I drew a one hour radius around me, I I could count my options on one hand. So it's like, I'm looking at your guys' situation and that's like sensory overload for me. I mean, that's going to be tough to become like, like here, like we'll throw a pima tuning under the bus again. We're going there all the time. You get really good at a lake when that's the only lake you're hitting. But in an area like yours, I mean, that's going to be hard to like become an expert on a lake, like get real tuned in with one lake when you're. I mean, Gus, how many, how many different lakes have you caught a muskie on now in that area over just the, the last we, two well, years? Well, it's not just me, but if you total, like, between us or anybody in our boat, in two years we've caught, I think, with, like, that new lake recently, I think we hit 29 different hmm. bodies of water Wow! In, like, two years. And you're in two different counties? Pretty much, yeah. That's just <laughs> counties. That sounds like my dream area, Nick. I wouldn't have to leave my county. <laughs> you still you don't stay. So. yeah true and this but. is the same area that uh bill gardner fished when he uh wrote time on the water right vilas county Vilas is yeah, yeah. yes that sounds right yeah yep. come on you guys haven't re- you guys haven't read time on the water oh, I, ha- no. I wasn't gonna answer that question i got no idea what that is oh man <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i know you guys are young oh, see again no. it was just Oh, you don't look that old, and then all of a sudden, here everyone's like, Oh, I don't know who or what that is. Yeah, you can cut that part. No, <laughs> I've tried to buy it a few different times on Amazon, yeah, and it's like really, it's like ridiculously expensive. Uh-huh. So they have it for free on Kindle, but that's but yeah, you can't find it like in print anywhere, dude. Amazon ebook, they're like, it was like five bucks. Yeah, you gotta keep an right. eye out on eBay, yeah, but again, that's they pop Amazon up. ebook, yeah, okay. But- I mean, you you can buy the hard copy for 120 bucks on eBay, or you could just buy. The or you can just burn your Kayla found it for like 20 bucks on eBay. You just got you got to like save the search, you, save time on the water on he eBay. He is and then so you freaking emails. old. He is so old. He's literally like, oh, burn your retinas. How often do you stare at your cell phone, old man? What the heck is wrong with you? We'll do a we'll do a book report. I'll, I'll listen on one of my drives, and we'll we'll report back on what we learned. There you go. Yeah. Owen's like. I read it from a scroll. It really <laughs> did. <From> a stone. <laughs> Listen, I found this I have, in a cave etched in copper. I am, I am so dedicated to audiobooks. I'm telling you, I have I've seriously begun recording my own audiobook of several musky uh, you know, at least one major musky publication just to have it to listen to. Am I going to get to listen to uh Muskies on the Shield and read by um, Owen. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Perfect. Send it over. <laughs> I'm on old, chapter two already. <laughs> this is what old guys do. They sit around on a Friday night and record audiobooks. <laughs> I'm probably 30 audiobooks on the year so far. I'll send you my See? steelhead one. Recording? No, no. listen to. No, oh, listen that. To, yeah. Get oh, that. dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm, once, once audiobooks came about, my entire outlook on reading changed. Screw I was like, reading. I was like, <laughs> Screw why reading. Why the, why the, why the fuck am I going to do this for myself? I can have someone else do this for me. That's it's not actually while reading. I do something. Like seven hours to Canada, I'm you know crushing it. 
Yep. It's way, way more uh, focusing than just listening to I'm tunes. listening to Muskies on Tap on my way to Canada. There you go. For eight hours. <laughs> go. Okay. That's what I'm doing. For right. Hours. I'm listening to Muskie podcasts. There you go. Run repeat. Uh, all right, let me go to my notes here because I have a I have a I had a bunch of things I wanted to go into. And that I is thought, I mean, first of I all, I thought you were gonna I mean, play a soundbite. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to go back. I want to go back for a second. I just want to ask this. I want to ask this question to these guys because I was listening to your podcast and it seems like, you know, when did you guys start musky fishing? Like how long has it been for the three of you? Um, so our parents got a cabin up here. I just actually asked them today to kind of prep for this. It was 17 years ago, but that's not how long we've been musky fishing. But I think, somewhere in that span of i don't know 12 to 15 years ago we each kind of caught our first i think i know mine was off the dock i don't know where yours or was max or brian exactly. i'm trying to remember i because when we were really young we started you know once we grew out of the old bobber off the dock phase we started casting like spinner baits and little two inch spoons um and shortly after that, we started catching a lot of them on silver spoons. I don't remember if we were actually targeting them at that point, but it started I, working for us. Kind of. I think we just like went, we just like went um, northern pike fishing all the time. Like every morning we'd get up at like 5 a.m., do that until like eight or nine and then eat breakfast with people and maybe, I don't know, nap during the day. That was kind of like our game plan when we went up just like the Friday to Sunday and it just kind of moved in to finally we kind of all got our own musky rods and i think our first i think our dad got like a six foot six in that abu garcia round reel i was talking about and or maybe he just still had that and he got like a new i don't know fenwick or something like that and max and i we got six foot medium heavy with the smaller round reel like the 5500 or something like that and I don't know when that was. That eight, had to have been 10 eight, years. 10, 10 years ago, yeah. maybe. And it was yeah. mainly just like small little bucktails, mostly meps. And I I remember. Right, so, for, so for reference, how old are you guys? I'm 25. 24. And I, I'm 29. Oh, I, I would. I'd oh, you're the old, you're I'm the old the man youngest in the anymore. I just yeah. went right to the middle of the pack real fast. I know. <laughs> you're the old, you're nice. the old man in the group. I would almost say, though, it's like it's almost like has to be a two part answer. If you'd agree with me, Gus and Brian, because it's like we started musky fishing, but we had like a little 15 and a half, 16 foot mirror craft that, you know, I don't even know if it had a trolling motor on it or anything. And like Gus said, yeah. you know, we it had a, a trolling little, motor. Yeah, a we, little one. We, yeah, little one. But we'd go out and like Gus said, you know, we would mess around but i would say you know i'm i moved up to eagle river for a summer uh it was nine years ago and that's kind of when i started to get the bug like you guys know you know the bug like when you get the musky bug it's wait it's what do you what, wait oh, i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> never and heard then, of such a thing shockingly it was kind of a slow <laughs> progression for a few years but i would pinpoint like four years ago we upgraded a fishing boat and we started to actually fish different bodies of water and targeting specifically muskies. It was probably about five years ago. Um, and then I think when things really started to kind of go off the rocker with like just buying a shit pile of musky baits <laughs> Too and many. new gear and like just freaking out about muskies 24 seven and really 
not targeting any other fish was probably about four years ago. Um, I was in Minneapolis with Brian and uh, Gus was living in Eagle River at the time. And we oh, decided well, to that's take what, a, This would have been like two years ago. That was no, three, no, four Cla- years ago, we were in Eau Claire. Okay, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, so anyways, I think that trip kind of really like tipped the scales from being like, you know, weekend warriors kind of like liking to musky fish, but not being your entire life, you know, essentially from the months of April through November. Um, we took this trip to Hayward and just us three completely <clears throat> grinded it out, had no idea what we were doing, uh, fished totally different bodies of water. We, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a long story. I don't need to get in the whole thing, but we how picked far Hayward. away from how, how far away is Hayward from where you guys are? Uh, or from, so from Vilas County. We we picked it because it was a middle point between Minneapolis and Eagle River. And it's it's about two hours from Eagle River and about two and a half hours from Minneapolis. And it's okay. another really good like northern Wisconsin area. But I think that weekend really kind of got the gears in motion. Like we had a little pale bucket full of baits. Um, I think we had like three rods. I was looking back at pictures, and now you know we're talking about we got a new boat to all these screens, all these different baits to the point where we can't even fit them in Gus's custom made, you know, bait carrier thing. And it's just, it's like hilarious how much it snowballed. Um, but like, you know, we went to Hayward. We, oh, I feel that. I feel that we, we had this whole <laughs> trip lined up. It was actually the, the funny part about the trip. So we, we, we planned this trip like midsummer, and, uh, we forget one essential piece, which was lodging. Um, so it's like Wednesday afternoon and Gus is like, Hey, do we have a place to stay yet? And I was like, no, I'll, I'll start calling around some motels or do you have camping equipment and stuff like that? Well, it turns out there's this big festival in town where all the campsites were booked, all the motels, all the hotels, everything was booked. And so we're like, well, shit, we were just about to do this really sweet trip. We were all fired up for it and, uh, nothing's available. And so I got Gus, he wasn't doing much at the time. I'm like, Gus, just start calling around and so I, I can let you kind of take it from there but yeah i remember calling i honestly think it was like first luck on the first place i called i talked to the owners right away because it's just like a husband wife that ran it and i'm like do you have anywhere we're j- we can just sleep in the truck like it does not matter <laughs> at all just like do you have anywhere we can just be when we're not fishing which is we're literally going to be sleeping for, I don't know, five hours a night, like just for two nights. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got a lot, you know, I just, I'll just do, I don't know, 20 bucks a night. Sound good. I'm like, sure, whatever. Or 50. I don't remember. I can't remember what he said. And I know we showed up and this, this guy, this, these people were awesome. They were amazing. They really helped accommodate us. But where we stayed was basically like where their dumpsters were. It's, it's like a dumpster the- lot. <laughs> dumpster lot. Sounds like my kind of place. I'm not saying it was bad or anything. I'm not. No, I mean but, we could we could launch the boat on but it site was a dumpster. and keep it and keep it on the dock. Yes, they let and, us. They let us literally keep the boat at the resort. They let us sleep in the dumpster area in our cars, <laughs> and we had like the best 48 hour trip ever. We slept from. Yeah, yeah, other other than the ninety degree heat overnight yeah. with no yeah. and the raccoons <laughs> crawling on your face, yeah. Rankins. Yeah. but like <laughs> I think that's that's when things really started to snowball. We're like, this is life now, I guess. Like this is just what we want to do for the rest of ever. <laughs> and uh, you know, we ended up catching like a, a pile of fish. It was so fun. 
we got back and like that's when everything just started to kind of go off the rails and started buying like oh if we only had this bait for that trip and that bait, yeah. and the next thing you know <laughs> the plastic you know container plastic. becomes two plastic containers and oh if only the boat was five feet longer and... yeah if only the boat was five <laughs> feet longer and we had a bigger graph and all this stuff and we started saving up money and you know started begging our parents to help out and you know this um, is uh this is was, like the progression of musky fishing oh like, yeah it is it is i mean this is so typical of all of us i mean you, yeah. you start you catch a fish you pick up a couple things and then within a short period of time you're in a ranger running live scope and throwing a hundred dollar lures <laughs> right. like right yeah traveling to you know different states to fish in tournaments i mean so we we really haven't been doing it for a super long time but um, I think that's like an exciting thing is, you know, like, look, it's every time we fish, it's a learning experience. So, you know, it, it's been a fun few years. I'm excited to see kind of what the next few years bring for sure. Cause, um, where I'd say we're all still fairly new into it, you know, obviously Gus is a little bit more advanced than Brian and myself, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a fun few years and it's, I mean, Max, you're, kind get, of a you're starting to get a little old. I mean, you're, you're starting, <laughs> you might be over the hill. So I'm going to hurry it up or some shit. I threw, I threw rubber all weekend last weekend and like, I'm still barely able to get out of bed in the morning. So I don't know uh, how that's going to go. I know I'm not getting any sympathy here, but it's this uh, dude. This is even, why I haven't even hit 30 years old. yet. I turned 30 last year, Max. Well, I can confirm life's over once you hit 30. Everything hurts. I feel <laughs> Until you get the 37 and it really sucks. Mm, I'm not making it that long. <laughs> what are you nursing at? home. I'm holding it, Brian. 26 you peaked it's over yep. i'm surprised you've been sore max getting all those in the lab photos oh gym. yeah yeah <laughs> i, I work out specifically training. to musky fish nowadays it's not, nice no health benefits or anything we know a guy too yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so oh, so let me, let me ask a little bit about the the actual guiding service like i mean like that's a pretty big step to Jump. you know to make tom kind of looks like his brother <laughs> fuck off i like my beard <laughs> sorry dude i had <laughs> what he said we know guys so tom kind of looks like his brother Completely off. <laughs> yeah, right now he does. Sorry. I'm done. Sorry. Oh, back to Gus. Is that you? Uh, is that you? I haven't seen you since Nam. Oh. Inside jokes that no one understands. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. We got. We got. Sorry, yeah. guys. So what? <laughs> what? What made you go full time guiding now, Gus? Well, for that, it's not exactly full time. Yet, I guess, I mean, that would be kind of the ultimate goal. I, I run a, I don't run, sorry. I have a part-time job this summer as well to kind of, you know, fit the bills, you know, get those still in because I'm yeah. not able to get fully, fully booked yet. You know, it's a new thing. It's hard to just like step into it and just full force be like. Well, so how are you advertising under- yourself? I mean, how does a young guy get his name out there? Obviously there's social media instagram Mm -hmm. you know facebook twitter threads are you on threads now (laughs) i saw that what is no i'm not that's (laughs) it's essentially it's essentially instagram sliding over into the twitter sphere and trying to make it very easy to uh 
to take your personal information from the Facebook, Instagram world and turn it into kind of the Twitter. It's mm. it's another it program matter. that no one wants. Yeah, to be on. yeah, pointless. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it it really doesn't matter. Huh. Um, so, anyways, you I mean, are you on Instagram? I mean, I know you're on Instagram, but is that how you're yeah. advertising? So that's definitely a big thing is Instagram and Facebook because I know like a ton of people use Facebook. I found that out like pretty much as I was planning to like run this business. I'm like, I haven't used my Facebook in like 10 years. And I found out that everyone uses Facebook like crazy. So that's definitely like a huge one. Um, I know something I do want to do is use that like promotion, that paid promotion on Facebook um hopefully maybe like after this season just put out a bunch of picks and put the promotion in but yeah we got that the pmtt that's been going well getting the name out that's definitely been helping uh so who's your who is your target audience you know in terms of is it like is it the vacationers? vacationers that yeah. You're is it vacationers or is it people mainly. that are just coming there to for a musky destination type of thing mainly vacationers just because this town and this area just like explodes mid-june to pretty much labor day or pretty much memorial day to labor day it's like the population i don't don't even know the number just skyrockets here so many people come up from like i was saying like we're getting a bunch of listeners from milwaukee and chicago like those are big areas that people come up in vacation there's a ton of people that you know, not they don't even spend like every weekend up here. They just come up like four times a summer and they're like, I don't have enough time to own a boat, even for that matter, or go out fishing a ton, learn the waters. You know, those are the kind of people that I want to like advertise towards. And I got I have some business cards out around town um, at some of the local shops, um, a few of the local lodges and even just like recently now kind of like meeting some people from the area i'm kind of starting to like you know meet a few lodge owners and stuff like that and i feel like that's really going to help you know i mean referral base yeah i mean it's yeah I mean, it's, quite I honestly it's just, as a as a small businessman you know the, the your referral base is is your bread and butter yeah. and yeah. as a young person you can't say okay you can't create a referral base without the years of doing it. You know what I mean? So at your age, like you're at the very beginning, man, like you, mm-hmm. like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you know, those issues aren't, you know, your, your book is not going to be an issue. You're going to be, I'm sure you're going to be jam packed, but right now kind of. It's just, yeah. Like here and there you know I, I don't do any like i haven't done any like double half day trips type thing you know double booking in a day yet um and it's just yeah it's really just like a snowball effect that i'm kind of waiting for because like we've talked about i i am young into the game early into the guiding game and it's it's just waiting for that to like dude everybody starts everybody starts someplace 100 yeah. i don't give a shit i don't give a <laughs> shit what your situation is mm-hmm. like if you are starting a business and whether it's a lawyer or a pizza shop or a lore builder or a guide like what what you are doing is you're creating a you know a, a, a client base that is going to be a repeat or referral business 
And that mm-hmm. doesn't happen overnight. That happens over years. And, right. you know, and the podcast is a great way to obviously get your name out there and in the business out there. But, you know, I always wonder, I, okay. The Midwest is a lot freaking bigger than people out here think. So Wisconsin mm-hmm. and Minnesota are a lot bigger than people here think. Like, so just to say you're a guide in Wisconsin, that's, that's a lot different. Like you, you have to like say, okay, like where People have to be coming to that specific area, right? Or do you travel to different areas to say, okay, I'm going to hit the bite on Green Bay? You know, that could be in the future. I don't exactly have a big enough boat for that, probably. I mean, I've been right. out. Brian actually was with us. We went. We were out on a day in Green Bay that just <laughs> absolutely turned. Terrifying. 30, yeah, we thought we were going to capsize, and we were in a 22-foot Kingfisher something like that you were in a 22 footer and you thought you were going to capsize oh god the the waves quadruple they went from like a foot tall waves to eight foot rollers in 30 minutes it was it was (laughs) stupid and so many people were out there and it was we're at this launch that only like one boat could launch i mean there's a few on on the bay that i know like eight boats can launch at a time but the one we were at only one and there was like 60 boats trying to get in at the same time going down this little narrow seawall that can only fit like a, a boat and a half, and a half wide. wide. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> trying to grease it with 40 mile an hour winds. Was and not I think doable. a lot of, and a lot of people were being really nice and like letting those smaller boats go first, but yeah, no, that's, that's a totally different thing right now. I just cater to the Vilas and Nida County area of Wisconsin. And it would be cool to like chase some bites around the state. Cause as we saw going to Hayward, there's some damn good fishing over there to be had. And, you know, we're how far, how far that is that from, from where you are? It depends. Like there's kind of some lakes that are a little more on the Eastern side of Hayward. Cause Hayward's West of Eagle river. And the, I think it's like dead West. I don't know if it's any more South or North, give or take two hours, two to three hours, like two and a half, I think is to downtown Hayward or something like that. Do you guys consider that a long drive for a fishing trip? Right. Good question. You know, as of right now and what kind of trips we've taken, yes, just because we fish this area a lot. And like if we're driving to like 40 minutes away, that's kind of a long ways just because we have so many lakes from like that 20 to 35 minute mark that we fish a ton. How long did it take you guys to the cave run? Uh... That's what, 20 hours or something? No, it was, I think, door to door, like 12 or 13, but it That's definitely fun. took longer than that. It was, yeah, stops and it sucked going through Chicago, but yeah. It's always fun to go through there at like 90 miles an hour at two in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you got like, a, I don't know, a semi two feet to your left and yeah. a concrete Just... wall one and a half feet to your right. Yeah. <laughs> See, don't move. Don't move. 70 <laughs> No sudden movements. All good. All good. I was curious about that, the time frame stuff, because, you know, we all live in different areas in the country. And like, you got some guys like our, uh, <laughs> our correspondent out in Washington state who lives right on the water. He doesn't have to travel very far to get to his boat. And then you got guys like, us that have to travel literally two to two and a half hours just to get on a viable musky lake. 
Now, those lakes are probably our best lakes in the state. So in a way, we're fortunate because if we lived five, six hours the other way, we'd have been, you know, you'd be really hurting. But like you guys are in like these areas where you've got 100 plus lakes an hour. I'm just thinking about the perspective here. Like, what do you guys think travel time like what's it what is an average travel time or what do you guys think is too far to the point where you're like feel like you're missing out on fishing time right because like we all want to get on the water and get out there you could be on the water 20 minutes away someplace right what's that what is that threshold you know like every area is different but i'm just curious what you guys yeah do you guys ever say listen we're gonna go an hour and a half tomorrow morning like get ready I feel like it could be just like at an hour, you know, yeah. we haven't really ventured. There's tons of lakes at that hour, like 55 to like an hour, 20 minute mark from here that are just like on my hit list, but we haven't gone because we're like, well, shit, there's that one lake that could be on fire right now. 23 minutes away. Um, we could just hit that. Amazing. You know, it's, <laughs> I, it's well, it sounds any, amazing but you said that earlier but yeah. it's like it's a blessing and a curse but i mean anytime you're going to a lake 40 minutes away you're driving past three or four that you know you might have just fished four or five days ago and caught a nice fish out of and yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a good question because like i we definitely battle with that we're planning a a kind of a musky benderish weekend here the 15th of july that weekend and we're already talking about different bodies of water we're going to try to hit. I think the goal is to, to put a really big fish in the boat, but it's like, we're, we're struggling with kind of figuring out a game plan because we're like, well, if we drive 45 minutes to this lake this way, it's going to be really hard to get to that other lake. We want to fish the other way. And there's a few different lakes in between those that we could also fish. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of the, it's that, that problem, you know, that good problem. Yeah. I mean, it is a good problem to have. So I don't well, want to come across as a guide. You know, if someone wants to book you, like, where do you tell them to fit? Are you saying every morning you're like, all right, I think the bite's going to be better on X Lake? Pretty much. That's kind of how it started. I have really not told a client which lake we're going to and pretty much until about the day or two days prior because, like, they've booked it far in advance and they're like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know, wherever the bite takes me, you know, like wherever. Right. Like if that night before I go to a lake and I move like 10 fish, that's like an obvious answer. Next day going there, got all those fish primed and ready. But if the day before just got my butt whooped and then the weather changes, you're like, that lake didn't work. Weather's changing. Uh, and then you just got to think about it, you know, and what makes it really tough, which, you know, I know people don't want to put in that nine to 10 hour you know, full day that I offer, which, you know, for us and probably you guys as well, when you go musky fishing, you like to put in the hours to get that fish, you know, that you can switch lakes, but with this, you know, like a half day, four to five hours, it's like you get to that two hour mark and you're like Max is saying, and maybe you want to switch lakes, but I'm so damn stubborn. Sometimes it's like, I'm just waiting for that bite to turn on. Like, I know what's going to happen here. And like, there's times that it just straight up doesn't. And, you know, that just hurts because then things spin in your head. It's like, I should have just taken the 20, 30 minutes to pick up and go somewhere else. And it could have been fire, you know, because there's always a fish biting somewhere. But it's just, 
uh, sometimes I find myself just fishing those same spots and beating my head up, you know, to a pole thing. It's five o'clock someplace, right? <laughs> Let me ask this question too, because I'm curious about this one, because you guys kind of gave us a quick little like overview of the size of the lakes that you have. You've got all these lakes in the area and they're ranging from X size to X size. Like what up in that area, like what, what would you say the average size of that body of water is? Cause my mind, the way I think is always from that trolling perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and a lot of times, like our reservoirs are actually pretty big here. Like we, you guys, is that a fair assessment? Like I'm tuning is like 16,000 oh, yeah. plus. Acres. Oh yeah. Our Rolls. reservoirs are big. It's our natural yeah. lakes that are small. Right. So like when I go fishing nine times out of 10, I'm on a reservoir here and there's a lot of area. You got to be able to shrink the lakes, but like, what's the average size there? Like what you got to say flowage, Ryan, what flowage flowage is flowages that's Tanner, <laughs> am i there. mistaken flowages your, water, your watershed you got, what's your watersheds <laughs> um we i haven't really dabbled with too many like those little kettle lakes that are like 50 to 100 acres but typically we're going to lakes that are 150 to a thousand ish acres i would say i mean there's like a few that are really big here and when i say really big i'm talking like three to four thousand i think the biggest is fence lake or trout if we're not talking lake. hayward yeah i yeah, mean hayward talking, yeah because yeah. chippewa flow just uh i don't know 40, 40 yeah, yeah something like that yeah it's really big but um no typically we're just fishing like 200 to a thousand acre lakes i would say on average like that's kind of the bread and butter that we've kind of chosen because some of those really, really big lakes are typically deep, clear, tough to get bites on sunny days and really low density. And then there's some of these lakes that are two to 300 acres and they're just loaded with them. Dark stained waters usually can get them to bite even on those tough days. And I mean, that's, that's kind of it that we choose between. The crazy part <laughs> is that like, Minnesota, I mean, you drive, I guess, five hours west and northern Minnesota has like, what, four or five lakes that are over 100,000 acres. And then, you know, another four or five that are 40,000 acres. So Minnesota has way bigger lakes. Um, I mean, northern Wisconsin is just paintball with a bunch of 300 acre lakes, 500 acre lakes. So it's a weird difference. See, this is this this blows my mind here. OK, what because. When I'm thinking about the differences between basically us and you guys, like you've got a lot more lakes, like the sizes vary all over the place. I feel like, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, like Nick, Tom, Owen, I feel like there's just this super technical aspect to fishing out in like Wisconsin and Minnesota versus like being on a PA reservoir. Yeah, like they just have so much more structure. Like you guys actually I have. I feel like, like we fish kind of like. To, yeah, we. I fish mean, any kind lake of like, can vary from rock to soft bottom, kind of randomly throughout it, right? Yeah, are you are you guys saying like how when you guys are fishing your PA lakes, lakes or reservoirs, it's just like vast areas? Yeah, ours are just like bowls with rimmed with reeds on the edges. 
Yeah, like we oh. don't have a lot of internal structure other than cribs and things like you know man-made, which yeah. are you know silly points and weeds. But Sick. maybe it could be too. Like we said earlier, I mean, here like we're trucking to the same it's not place musky every structure. day. But uh, yeah, but I mean, even then we're trucking to the same place every day. Like you're talking to the same guys that fish the same places as you every day. Like we get really freaking good at our lakes around here. Whereas out there, like they said, they're kind of scattered around. They're spread thin. But I always hear this, like the spot, like the Midwest is all about spots, 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 spots. Dude, I literally troll weed line about the spot on the spot. 16,000 acres. Like that's all we do. You just go on a weed line. It's a big spot. Like yeah, or here, here the spot is a roadbed that runs the length right. of the lake. Like that's the spot. It's a roadbed that's literally freaking a mile long. A mile long. So it's just it's crazy to me that these are all muskies, dude. They're all they're the same fish, but it's so different. Like Wisconsin and Minnesota is so different from Pennsylvania. They're all stupid. They're all dumb. Yeah, all so dumb. you you guys are like primarily trolling 100 percent of the time. Oh, no, don't blunt me no. in with those dirty yeah, bastards, Brian. Yeah. I, I would say <laughs> I would I'm say on your no, side, no, no. Tom. I would okay. say traditionally our area is known for trolling. Yes, but there is a time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say our listenership. I would say probably is a probably fifty fifty. Probably yeah. yeah, but you know us personally. I mean, I love to cast. Like if I'm going out there for, I don't get to fish all day long very often so if i'm going out there for two hours unless the weather is really bad where you know i just want to kind of dig through it like i'm i'm going out there to cast for a couple of hours now when i've gone out and trolled with these guys because you know these guys in the podcast have really opened my eyes to honestly what you can get done trolling you know and just how how effective it can really be and you know so i've my boat isn't really set up to do that so i'm more of a caster but i mean we as a podcast i mean it's let's say it's probably about 50 50 you know because i don't know donnie ryan you guys are probably more trolling i'd say me and tom are probably a little bit more casting but nick i don't know you're probably a little more trolling what do you think we're gonna catch more fish trolling see that's another difference though (laughs) Dude, in PA, you get three rods per guy. Like, you're not out there with one right. rod trolling around. Like, hmm. we set spreads like, of, yeah. like, six. You know, I've been on boats where we've run, like, 11 or 12 rods. Like, it, it's it's a whole thing. Like, That's it's, insane. It's like a big epic. fan. Like, like, a like the peacock. Yeah. But Ryan, I'm just... I, the peacock. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I will say that I've, like, once we started trolling, I, I see where you're coming from because it is nice. Like, it... There is some technicalities in it that are, you know, you kind of got to dial it in and it's not oh, just Oh, dude, like there's a boatload of technicalities that it's are crazy. Just like, like there, you can, I mean, you would you never have really... to deal with if you go out the cast. If you got right. the troll, you, you're adding all this technicality that the normal person just is not prepared or ready to do. Honestly, yeah. I, I have way more respect. For people that are you know that that control well it's like it is not an easy task you see some of these guys in the pmtt that do it really good and it's i mean it's crazy like we'll be fishing a you know shallow flat and we'll see a boat come through trolling it's like how the hell are these guys doing that like i couldn't even i don't even know if we own the right equipment to even be able to like well what's get through that stuff that's what's what, the percentage like, of teams that would troll in the pmtt if you can only troll one rod you know i mean 
I mean, I think probably maybe every team might may, might troll for a, a period of time. I know when Nick and I go to 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 Nipissing for a full week, you know, casting every second of the day is tough. Yeah. But if you can put the raw, if you can, if you can, you know, troll for an hour, hour and a half and eat lunch and recharge your batteries. I mean, yeah. dude, that could be a game changer in a two, three day tournament. Totally. Yeah. And you can find more structure that you don't. Yeah. It's a great way to learn lakes. We figured that out, but that's what we a hundred percent do to like pre-fish the tournaments. And honestly going to new bodies of water up here <clears> and answering your question on i think during the tournament i feel like it depends on the places we've gone like i remember at cave run it seemed like a lot of people were trolling to like that week leading up just kind of doing the same thing we were doing just like finding stuff i don't know whether that be weeds or trees or whatever the hell they got down there and during the tournament cave run i only saw one other boat trolling trolling and then when we were at Madison Chain, there was like a whole pile of them, just like crisscrossing out in the open water. And then, like Max said, like people running on the inside of us and stuff through like slop. And we're like, is there even a bait going through there? Or are they just pulling weeds? So, the, so they were running inside you casting one time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that pisses me off. Just like somebody oh, yeah. on a on a Sunday morning. That that fucking pisses me. I don't like that Sunday morning too. I'm like, dude, I throw I throw bucktails at pontoon boats like crazy, man. <laughs> kind of like you that gotta... time Owen drove us on the inside of Tom and Nick on King Data while they were casting. <laughs> My dock was video. right there. You My gotta you gotta right cast there. in those top washes. And we used to hate that shit so much here, just growing up fishing the chain a lot, where there's just a billion people here sometimes on the weekends and we found out instead of just getting pissed you just toss in the prop wash and we've caught and seen fish that cast you know max remember that one time in the fall the guy cut us off on that point that tops out at well there's stumps on it and we're casting into probably three to five feet of water our boat sitting in like eight and he goes in between us and those stumps he's like plowing and they're like there's no fish here and you move the, fish the next cast yeah. <laughs> that's one i don't know what it is about prop washes or whatever but like uh the one lake i fish a lot is tiny and there's one old like i guess he's not retired but near retirement age guy that i see out there all the time and it's like wildly productive we'll just like glancing passes and pick up a fish off one another just <laughs> wow incredible that's cool like crossing yeah. swords oh yeah Enough. we we you know we we, we sword fight sounds about right it's not gay if they don't touch whoa, whoa. that's right just to go, kind of go back because i got i kind of took us down a rabbit hole there originally about the differences but that was kind of my question is like, what makes it so different? Is it Nick, you alluded to like structure, right? Like, is that what it is? Is it just the, the quality of the water? Is it what, like, why is it so different? I, I guess just like kind of going off of one story and I wasn't even here. So if Gus or Brian want to touch on this, but like there's a day where I think Brian and Gus were out fishing and you know, they were on one body of water where they were fishing like a deep clear lake um and they found like kind of a football size field bed of sand grass and they were pulling 
Susie Suckers, like through the sand grass, like ripping Susie Suckers through the sand grass. And Brian caught like a really nice mid 40s fish. And then they broke for lunch and went to a different lake. And I think Brian caught another fish on like a number five's MEPS, um, you know, giant killer. And so like there's a, like weed edge. so many different like variations in a single lake or lakes that are next to each other that you can fish. Like <clears throat> I just even know on the chain, like, you know, you can fish cribs, you can fish weeds, you can fish rocks all within like a 20 acre area. Um, you know some of that stuff's out in the middle of the lake some of it's pushed up on shore but then you know kind of to add the layer it's like the lake next door you know that might be the deep clearer lake you know you're fishing in 25 30 feet of water over sand grass either slow rolling double tens or ripping Susie suckers or mag dogs or tubes or whatever um so it's like you really gotta deploy like you know deploy the full arsenal of baits um I think when you're fishing Vilas in Oneida County, a lot of people will kind of just, you know, trend towards the, you know, throw a bucktail at the shoreline and that definitely still catches fish. But I think if you, you know, want to put more fish in your boat and Gus has been, a, you know, my savior on this and has really kind of showed me the way it's like, if you kind of change it up and really actually explore the entire lake, there's so much more to offer than just fishing that, you know, standard weed edge. Um, and that's something we've really dialed in the past like year and a half. That's helped us definitely. I, 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 I'm still a believer that there's a muskie under every boat dock. <laughs> yeah, Brian loves. <laughs> Brian loves. He's he's a, he's got like bass fishing. The bass fisherman blood, at but... heart. <laughs> he's a finesse muskie fish. Flipping oh, a bulldog yeah, between yeah. the pontoon. Flipping a little too finesse for us. When uh, when Max and <laughs> I were fishing in the in the tournament a couple of weeks ago, we were it was raining. I threw on a top water. And I don't know if the rain was screwing up my depth perception or something, but all of a sudden I cast it way up, bomb cast like close to shore, ping, right into the back of a pontoon boat, wrapped around the engine. (laughs) I remember getting that snap. Yeah. They deserve it. Didn't get one on that cast, but. Yeah, shocker. Uh, (laughs) You got one. I would do that as a kid. I would do it, you know, I'd, I'd cast my lure into a tree and my dad would say, Owen, if the fish were in the trees, you'd be able to see them. (laughs) I went. I, I don't know. I think our Nick is known for a bank shot here and there. Hey, and that's how I got my absolute number one bass top water, as it was snagged in the dock rope on my brother's boat. <laughs> there, there's a running joke with Brian. If like somebody casts either super close to lily pads or a dock or something, like like one of those casts were like, oh, that should have like wrapped up in that or something. It hits the water. You start reeling. It's quiet, and Brian will be like. Have fun with that one. You're gonna get one. <laughs> uh, no, I'm dead. I love I love inside jokes on the boat. Oh my god! Like every so, time, every time, every time Nick makes a cast in Canada and he gets a backlash, what do we say? Can't even think now. Time first to... time out. <laughs> yeah, first time. <laughs> yeah, first time out. Yeah, first time. I I remember there was this one time. I think it was me and a buddy who's not on the no Brian. Were you with during that with Jack? That dead silence for like two hours. Oh yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> just out of nowhere, like we don't know if he's talking in like third person or something. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I said that you. You're like, um, haven't gotten one to go yet. I left. It's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> I think we were silent for like the last two hours, just like dead casting it. 
like no faith in getting a fish <laughs> in the midst of a deep depression yeah yeah you thought that was gonna rally the troops back up <laughs> yeah that was my pep yeah. talk yeah. <laughs> all right so listen i have, i have one more note here before uh before we end things and it's something i know i think nick might be interested in and that is you talk a lot about which one of you casts casts crane baits i, I love crane baits Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. You tried trolling them. So we need to. Um and it's a it's a good thing. I'm glad you I'm really glad you brought this up because I, I have definitely been interested in doing that. Uh I think it actually could be really dynamite during that bug hatch next year to try that. But that was what Gus got his uh 44 and three quarters on during the Madison PMTT was on a crane bay when everybody was throwing, you know, Big 10 blades. inch tubes, mag mag dogs. Everything like that. We, you know, we knew we needed another fish. And I'm like, I just it just felt crane baity out, you know, and you just get that that feeling deep inside. So, You're just like, let's let's just twitch some twitch some cranes over those over those weeds. And for whatever reason, man, those muskies just freak out over those baits. Yeah. Nick, am I wrong that I mean, I don't think people around here necessarily uh fish crane baits like that. Um, and I, and think, I, I I'm I'm very interested to know. I feel like a lot of people saying you can fish it over weeds. Oh yeah, they're buoyant. I feel like they get used more anywhere as jerk baits, really, mm-hmm. than anything because oh, they're sure. super buoyant. Okay, like a super shed. Yeah, and his cousin actually is Bill Looney. Yeah, who I know was the our guy neighbor that, Amabama, yep. the musky oh, backs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the trick to get fish to go on crane lures is you play country roads take me home. <laughs> in the boat <laughs> noted yeah. um i actually have a quick question for you guys i, I wanted to bring it up I, so i was listening to a podcast here a few weeks back i gotta know the story on these like soggy bottom boys or whatever <laughs> oh boy because <laughs> i was literally crying laughing at that episode the american about, idols about that they literally just i couldn't even fathom that that they just like walk around with a whole karaoke setup yep. and just set up oh, yeah. shop like anywhere. Oh, oh not only that, the one of them is the president, the president of our, of our, of our chapter. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. He's I mean, our president. So, so when we have you gotta understand. So Muskie's Muskie Max weekend here in Pennsylvania is like it's like fucking Christmas. You know, it's yeah. it's literally Christmas for Muskie <laughs> fishermen yeah. and for bait makers and you name it. Yeah. And you know the banging what comes bottom. with Christmas. The you know, but it's 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 friends and family and drinking and soggy having bottom a good boys. Time. Oh man. So it's it comes from the banging bottom boy, the banging bottom outfitters. They've yeah. been a, a, a guest of ours for a couple of a couple of episodes. Yeah. And they're just really good guys, man. Just like awesome guys. And then I mean, how did that whole thing come up? They might drink some a little, a bit. little bit, and then and around bit. eleven or twelve that. p.m., that that karaoke machine on wheels at the hotel usually they, starts rolling around. Yeah, mm-hmm. so and lobbies like start themselves. closing and lights start turning off, and I gotta, hotel desk workers start throwing people out. And, and you guys not that we know don't it. like to enjoy ourselves, but <laughs> maybe not want, to that extent. If you guys want a really good like. In some insight into what it's like just i'll give you our buddy cody five's phone number you just call him and talk to him mm. i'll let you know exactly what it's like to hang out with those guys until four in the morning yeah that so was, this 
this is Ryan's tournament partner in our local Muskie Inks tournament. On day two, he just slept in the bottom of the boat. That's right. That's right. Because he, oh my gosh, that's right. So, oh, and they won. And you won. Yeah. 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 With him, me stepping on him. Cody literally slept because he had spent the entire night with the soggy bottom boys. (laughs) I I wasn't going to tell you guys this, but I'm going to see Doug next Saturday. Uh-oh. I'm gonna be helping him on a trip. Are you? Yeah, for one of it from one of our honorary hunks. By the way, well, I forgot the karaoke machine started at camp. That went on the road. It became a road show at some point. Yeah, yeah that they'd... started at the Bang and Bottom headquarters. Yeah, that well, it goes everywhere. It goes yeah. everywhere. I think they yeah. go on tour now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think they've been well, politely guys... asked to leave n- numerous places. <laughs> so so you know we've we've you know we this past fall i mean this past spring was the first time we've had what we called you know musky hunk spring fling where we've actually invited guys out like you from wisconsin and minnesota who haven't fished for all winter Indiana. long and you name it and uh and and we we asked people to come in here so I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there and say, if you guys had any interest in coming in for a spring, you guys throw some musky, you know, be able to throw some musky baits uh, way before you can out there in in Wisconsin. You let us know. We might be able to make something happen. Hell yeah. That would be sick. Catch a group on for a spirit airline. You guys got the invite to Hunks weekend. Our winter itch is real. We're always dying by like February to get out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, man. I can't imagine. Crappie, you can just take out of the hole and be like, oh, okay. When's when's musky season? You guys had had the guru out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The guru came out. The Baddock Boys came out. Uh, the Musky Mayhem Baddock Boys came out and uh, and fished for a couple of days. Dave from and... Minnesota. The whole Midwest yeah, came out. Yeah, Dave. For, yeah, that's right. Dave from Where Minnesota were you guys? came in. I mean, yeah, remember the refrigerator in his truck? Oh yeah. <laughs> the air conditioner. Sorry. There's so, there's some you characters know, in the Musky world, which is it's awesome. There are, and you know what. There are characters, but then there are also personalities that you kind of get along with and that you don't. Totally, okay. Yeah. And there's right. a there's a lot of personalities, quite honestly, in this industry that I don't really care to care to give a care to get to know. You know, <laughs> I I really could give two shits about. And yeah. you know, but you guys have listened to the podcast, and I I mean, I've really listened to it, and I really enjoy it. And I want you guys to you know just know just keep keep doing what you're doing i mean yep. i mean all you like i i love the pmtt aspect because mm-hmm. that is something that we as weekend warriors it's kind of like our dream you know like oh let's go let's go fish the pmtt well here's a couple of guys that are younger than us that you know are not plugged into the musky world so to speak like that you're that are just going out and doing it that's you know? a big thing the age you're and usually that's listening awesome. to, you're usually listening to some grumpy old idiot like right bitching about, bitching yeah. about you know but it's about like cool. everybody you know how hard it was to check in and you know mm-hmm. the, the the hotel oh, this time yeah. didn't give a shit that he was a pmtt champion <laughs> in <laughs> 1989 yeah so it's cool like, yeah it's refreshing the awesome, young voices dude. 
Well, we are, I can't yeah. thank you enough. That's awesome to hear. Um, we've been enjoying the hell out of it, honestly. And having podcasts like, you know, you guys have has helped our addiction grow, you know, exponentially, you know, listening to people like you guys just shoot the shit. And it, it honestly, you know, had a good part in having us start one. Cause we're like, you know, why not? You know, these guys are Hey, if these idiots can do it, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, not, <laughs> exactly. not anyone can. He's jacked. No, I just mean like you know, it, it just you, we see like I could tell you guys have fun doing it, so it's like, mm-hmm. man, why not just give it a whirl? And yeah, it's been a blast. It's uh, you know, it, I th- hope we'll get a little better at it as the time goes on because I think you our will. first few episodes were like, what are we doing? We had so many times where we'd break and just be like, well, that sucked. Let's let's just cut all that. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> But it's been it's, a lot of fun. It's been cool. It's mm-hmm. all about learning, man. Yeah, and, no doubt. And you'll you'll figure you'll you'll figure yourselves out, and you know, get you, you're already getting a rhythm for things. I mean, I really enjoyed the interview you guys did with the uh, I forget his name, but right uh, the the other uh, PMTT guy. Oh, Clayton. Clayton. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was really he was He's really awesome. good. He's, He's awesome. awesome. He's a good dude. He's my uh, Tuesday night Musky League partner this summer. Oh, okay. Such a yeah. cool oh, so you know concept. what? That's something I actually well, I had on my list that I wanted to talk to you guys about because we don't have anything of the sort here. We no have leagues? nothing, nothing, mm. no leagues. That's club tournaments, club tournaments, but that's not a league. Leagues because we got like yeah, not, not every are, week. Cool. We got like six musky lakes in PA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but we have every river, and you know, I mean, I don't know how it how it would work, but. You know, a Monday night musky league. If you said, Hey, Owen, you got to drive up to Lake Arthur for Monday night for three hours, that'd be a good reason to get me get me going. You know what sounds I mean? Sounds like sounds like you need to get Joel bought a six pack carrier uh, machine. Sound, uh, sounds like we need to have a little sit him down meeting with, with, with President Joel. It sounds like you just like. need to tell Mary there's a musky league that we'll all get your back. You could be the candidate of musky league. <laughs> I don't need I don't need to be like a drunken idiot. Like I want to actually have a musky league. Oh, you can do both. <laughs> yeah, there have to be just cool. one thing. So how do those leagues work? So I'm in a Monday night and a Tuesday night. The Monday night one's been going on I think a super long time. I think it was like one of the first, if not the first up here in this area and that's a lot bigger. I think it's like 12 ish teams each team's got three boats and two people per boat so like six people per team and every monday night from 4 to 9 p.m those are the fishing hours in that league you can always fish the chain out here or you have different lake groups so like as we were saying with the you know the amount of lakes we got up here they'll just toss like six to eight ish lakes in a lake group and it's like okay you can fish the chain or you can go out here and then you go fishing for a while it's pretty laid back with like rules you know obviously catch one pick on the bump board pick of you holding it release it as fast as possible you go into the designated or sponsored bar that night and then you just got to register by 10 p.m you know an hour after gives you time to take the boat out get there, maybe order some food, buy a couple beers, something like that. And then they just go over the, how many fish were caught that night. And it's relatively the same thing for Tuesday night, but that's way more laid back. There's only like six teams and it's teams of two boats. 
but that's just kind of the gist of it to get out and have like a semi-competitive aspect to musky fishing on monday nights you know like i'm always in a group text with our team like how's it going like one hour in it's like i just moved two on this bait and then they're like okay sick we're gonna try that or something guys tell tell them about the night um like getting that text and then what happened right after because i think that story is so The the last year when we tripled yeah that one okay that was an insane night we i think this is another thing like we we're moving like shit loads of fish immediately and we kept getting like fish i think i lost two most of them were like 30 to 35 inches and and then um i ended up catching two upper 30s in the figure eight and then and we were texting with the other people on our team and they weren't really like seeing anything and then all of a sudden one guy on our team texts like we just got a big one and i'm waiting for the size you know we got shitty service on this lake and then he texts he's like 47 and a half and i'm like mid cast i looked on my phone and i'm like i'm like ooh 47 and a half and max is like huh i'm like 47 and a half i'm like the rnm boys are back cuz that's our team sponsor and then as i'm saying rnm boys are back max just lays into a, a 43 incher on top water and brings that in there was an obvious like big fish bite window right there and it's like damn near pitch black it's in august i think it was like the last week before the tournament or the league hours get cut back because of daylight up here and we go in we're like okay we tripled they got that 47 and a half like there's gonna be so many fish on the board and our team got four and then there's only eight total between all the other like 70 some people wow we were on the right lake at the right time like it's all it's all it's all luck at the end of the day but the i think the cool takeaway from that story was like we fished that same pass multiple times throughout the whole night and it's like the whole theory of big fish being different it's like literally they catch the 47 on a different lake and within minutes you know the biggest fish of the night appears on this other body of water (laughs) right yeah just kind of gets the gears going in your head like are these fish these big, bigger muskies even catchable at all at certain times of the day, you know, or they just really only show themselves for small portions of maybe. I I have yet to be able to, I guess, test that hypothesis because just, I guess, um, Monday, I think Sunday and Monday were both pink days, uh, according to. That adds up. Brian, this felt last week, right? You're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it was it was just supposed to be. I think just before, yeah, the fourth. Yeah, yeah those were um, pink days. I I want to say it was the the second and third or the third and fourth were to be considered pink days. For so, whatever that's worth, um, but those on, were supposed to be days. If you're gonna see big fish on Sunday, awesome. we had like a lot of we had people up and like a lot of prior obligations, but. Brian, you remember we got out for like three hours? You, me, and Max. Oh, yeah, I remember. And yeah, and you got that <laughs> nice 43 incher and lost two others in like a tiny little 30 minute window. And then we had to go. Like there's that spike. And then Brian left. Um, Max had to do other things. And I decided to go out night fishing solo for just like two hours, maybe. And then got a low 40s on top water. And I'm like, 
damn, if we could have fished this entire day, that would have been insane. I think the next day, Monday, yeah, so it's still 4th of July time activities. Um, Only my dad and I were able to get out for like two hours at sunset, and it was just like fast and furious. I move a big fish, and then he catches two out in the cast. I'm looking at the time. He First one was 8.43, and the next one was 8.55 like back to back basically and then we had to go because it was getting dark and we just had to get back for things yeah well and it was like monona and madison when that one day it's just the only only fish that were caught were big fish every fish registered is over 40 inches that day which is like there's a boat pile of you know 30 30 to 35 inches in that lake you had you know 200 people throwing baits into the water you know that day and the only fish that came out were over 40 inches it's just like I don't know. There's a lot to crack the code on these fish, but I think they do do weird things like that. They're stupid. They are dumb. They're so, like I said, they're so dumb, but it's so dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, boys, is there any, uh, anything else? We've, we've already, uh, we've, I think we've already hit the two hour mark here, fellas. Yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. I mean, you guys love to have, and I mean it. Yeah. Like I, Honestly, yeah. I I mean, if you you guys should we should can we cross post this? I mean, if you guys want to, you know, 100%, cross post this, you know, for on your podcast, and once we have once we have it released, I think that would be a a good idea. But yeah, man, if you ever wanted to have, uh, I mean, it's hard to have all five of us on. I mean, we only have four of us on right now. It's hard enough. Right. It's hard enough for us to get five of us on together at mm-hmm. the same time. But yeah, man, if it, if you ever wanted to have a couple of us on, I'm sure some of these other guys would be Digging a lot more shifts. interesting yeah. than I would. Yeah, but, we, uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Spread we'd, it we'd out. Be honored. We'd be honored. We'd be honored. Awesome. Do a little <laughs> home and away game. That'd be great. Yeah. Because I, cool. I definitely have a million questions I want to ask you guys. Yeah. So, um, I was I was actually like trying not to do it where I was just going to reverse the interview and just start asking you guys. <laughs> yeah, Max is the questioner. <laughs> so, He's good at that. I know how it is. We'll split it, casters and trollers. You can have the dirty trollers on, and then us, me and Owen, will yeah. come on. Me and, yeah, me and yeah. Tom will come on, and yeah. we'll talk casting. We'll really talk fishing. Well, not not like these other guys don't cast. Real yeah. fishing, yeah. Brian. You better be there for that one. I'll be there for the well, casters. This, this is this has really been enjoyable, guys. And and honestly, I've I've I mean it when I say that I've enjoyed your podcast, and I will continue to enjoy it. Um, keep it up. I wish you guys the best of luck in the PMTT and. And everything else, I mean, you guys just seem like really good guys. And, you know, I guess that's really what the hunks has kind of tried to be about is just kind of just, you know, just being regular, regular dudes. Regular dudes, musket fishing. Yeah. Thank you guys mm-hmm. so yeah, much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you guys. It. Uh, thank thanks, you guys. guys. Awesome opportunity, you know, and I've, we, I know we've all really enjoyed yours, your podcast as well. Thank you, you man. Know? <laughs> yeah, thanks, it's awesome. Yeah, thanks for giving us some shine tonight, fellas. It means a lot. So, absolutely, guys. All right, boys. Yep. Good luck. All right. All right. Thank Catch you on the next one, guys. See you, right, fellas. Cheers. See you guys. Later. Take care. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't play.